I want to remind you that uh, a few weeks ago we started our year of prayer, and uh, what we decided we wanted to ask ourselves is the, this, these two questions. Who does God want us to be, and what does God want us to do as a church here at Clarksburg Baptist Church? So on your connection card, if you've been praying over those things, and you've been pouring over those things, and you feel like God has spoken to your heart about something, let us know by writing Year of Prayer there, down at the bottom where there's a chance for you to write your prayer request, and uh, write Year of Prayer, and whatever God's laid on your heart. Now, once again, we're not looking for ideas, we're looking for direction. We want to know what God wants us to do. So don't forget about that, we'll remind you from time to time over the next year, but hopefully you're praying constantly over those ideas. Who does God want us to be, and what does God want us to do? Last week, we started a series called Echoes, and we laid out a proposition by N.T. Wright in his book, Simply Christian, where he proposed that there are echoes within us that call us to a place that we have never been. And we long for this place. This place feels like home, but it's just out of our reach. And these echoes are justice. We talked about that last week. Spirituality, relationship, and beauty. These are things inside of us that we can't hold, but they mean so much to us. And when they're absent, we have these holes in our lives. And when we uh, need these things, we don't even understand really why, but this voice inside of us draws us to them. It's meaningful, it's important, justice, spirituality, relationship, and beauty. Last week, like I said, we focused on justice and we saw how all humans desire for things to be made right, for things to be fair, for good to be called good and for bad to be called bad. See, survival of the fittest can't explain these morals. Uh, because sometimes what is right isn't what is best for my survival or my success, but we still desire for things to be right. I once knew a 20-year-old man who uh, gave one of his kidneys to a 60-year-old man that he barely knew. Where does that fit into survival of the fittest? Where does that fit into uh, how the world would like us to believe that we gained these morals? See, we believe that these uh, echoes inside of us are a memory inbred in us, a memory how the world once was and a glimpse into the future at how the world will be once again. A whisper in our ears of someone who cares very much for us and who cares about this present world, the one who has made us and the world for a purpose. That echo inside of you that calls out when things are wrong and when the innocent are hurt, that echo is the voice of your maker. The second echo that we're going to examine today is spirituality. See, society as a whole would like to lead us to believe that that passion for spirituality is waning, that we're too sophisticated to believe in things that we cannot see. And over the last several hundred years, people have convinced themselves that science and spirituality are at war and you must pick one or the other. The influence of the church has become less and less a part of the fabric of our society and who we are. And it's fairly easy as a person today to separate yourself completely from anything religious and to live as if the rumor of God had never existed. And that we're in charge of our own fate. And we are the king of our castle. 
But although we've tried to ignore spirituality in our society, it's still there and perhaps it is stronger than ever. And to be clear, this waning in popularity about talking about spirituality and about things we cannot see is mostly an American and a European phenomenon. In other cultures, professionals still uh, have not separated themselves from the thoughts and practices of spirituality. See, the truth is, is you cannot suppress for very long that innate desire in you for spirituality and connecting to something bigger. You may not uh, have heard this or, under, or realized this, and I didn't realize this until recently when I read it, that the New Age movement and astrology and tarot cards are all on the rise in millennials. Uh, recently, the makeup retail store Sephora just started selling a witch starter kit. And the only reason they stopped doing it is because actual Wiccans got upset about it. <laughs> and uh, we don't think about that. We think of ourselves as too sophisticated for that. But you can only suppress that desire in you to connect with something bigger for so long before it comes out. In fact, Wiccan worshipers themselves have risen from 8,000 in 1990 to over 1 million in 2014, according to the Pew Research Center. And that's the point, is you can only suppress inside you this longing for spirituality for so long. And it is true, people have lost faith in the church. They have lost their uh, desire to be a part of what we are here today. Many people have gotten burnt and gotten hurt but they cannot suppress their desire to connect to something bigger than themselves that they cannot see. 75% of Americans say, and, and when you ask that question, they say and they identify as spiritual. They say, I'm a spiritual person. And only 54% say that they're religious. See, no matter how much we try to push God away, this echo inside you to connect with him is always going to be there. Now, whether you realize that or not and how that comes out and how you try and practice that, there's a calling inside you. This world cries out for inner peace and happiness. No matter how many screens we put in front of us, no matter how many distant connections that we have on social media, when we lay our heads on our pillows at night and we quiet our minds, we realize and understand that there must be be more. What makes us so thirsty for that connection? As Christians, that explanation is fairly simple, that there is a God that desires a connection with you as much as you desire a connection with him. And in fact, his passion was so strong that he shrouded his deity to walk among us and to suffer all that we suffer and die for the punishment that we deserved so that he could righteously connect with us again. A great majority of human existence dating back thousands of years has felt that call to something bigger, something we cannot see, that echo of a voice calling to us that we call God. And that's why it's not so bold to say in Psalms 14.1, when the Bible says this, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. The reason the Bible can be that bold is because God knows that we all have this connection inside of us, this calling for something bigger, this desire to want to know what else is there. Why is there a purpose? Why am I made? 
Yes, there's some that will convince you that you're the fuel, a fool for being here today. Freud said that God is just us projecting a father figure on a cosmic screen. And there are people that say that you're delusional or that you just need a crutch. And the sad thing is, is there has been much evil done in the name of higher powers. Much in the same way that there's been much evil done in the name of medicine. The Tuskegee projects and the human experimentation. But I believe that we're all thankful for this thing that we call medicine when it's used correctly. The skeptics may rely on relativism with phrases like, that may be true for you, but that doesn't mean it's true for anybody else. That's true for you seems to be a very fine and tolerant uh, way to interact with people, but that really only works if you twist what the word true means. See, what they're actually saying is, I believe that you feel like that is true. And basically what they're saying, and the skeptic is saying, is that God that you believe in is a feeling. You see, that thirst for hunger and spirituality is not just a feeling in just a few of us. It is a calling in all of us. You may have heard this phrase before that there are no atheists in foxholes. Or someone asked the question, do you think that you would call out to a higher power if your plane was going down? See, that call, it's there inside of us when all else is lost, when all else has failed. But see, this echo doesn't call so loud that we cannot ignore it. We can shove it down. We can drown it out for a moment anyway. But we also can't completely quiet it. In the moments when we stop to consider life, this echo is always there. Romans 1.19 says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and his divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. See, God has sovereignly planted evidence of his existence in the very nature of man by reason and moral law. This evidence is on display through all things that have been made. This evidence is on display by his amazing power. The fact that God holds the world together and he holds your molecules together and he spins the planet in orbit. See, we have a choice to explain God away or to admit that he is God. You can listen to that echo or you can tell it to shut up. But in the end, each person is responsible for their refusal to acknowledge what God has shown them of himself through his creation. And that is what is known as the unpardonable sin. A final choice to refuse to admit that God is God. But it's not enough to just admit that there is a God somewhere out there to become a believer. Acts 4.11 tells us this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you. The builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Acts 16, 31 
says this as well. It says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. See, although we cannot be saved solely by admitting that there is a God that created all things, I do believe that God is faithful to bring an opportunity to hear the gospel to those that do not stifle this echo inside them. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. A skeptic might say, well, who created this God? How did he get here? But see, God is not in the same category as created things. God is not created. God is the uncaused cause. He is eternal. He simply exists. It is God who brought matter and time and space into existence. See, I do not believe in something that came from nothing. And since I don't believe in something can come from nothing, then we have to believe that there must have always been something. And that something is God. He is the only constant. Psalms 19.1 through 4 tells us, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech. Night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun. The painted blue sky shouts out God's existence. The rising and the setting of the sun proclaims his power. The starry moonlit night reveals his infinite knowledge. There has never been a person that has not heard these echoes inside them. They ring deep within us. There's a call deep within each of us to connect with the one who made existence. Now, we may have different ideas of what that is or how that works out, but Romans 2.15 tells us that the things of God are written on our hearts. We can try and fill those desires with pleasure, we can dull it with drugs and alcohol. We can drown it out with the noise of busyness. But one day, each of us will suffer those final few moments before death. Why would you wait until then to try and make things right with the one that made you? He loves you. He wants to connect with you. He wants you to enjoy him and him to enjoy you. He wants to give you a life right now of love and peace and joy and patience and goodness. He wants to spend forever with you. Why? Because you were made to walk in fellowship with your God. And that echo within you to connect deeper with who you are and why you are here and what your purpose is. That is a calling back to where you came from and who made you and to another land that we have not yet been. You were made to walk this life step in step with God, just like at the beginning, before sin ruined all of this. But praise God, the story didn't end there. Through Jesus Christ, we can once again know God and be known by him. What an honor and a privilege, and a resource that is. This world is no less thirsty for all things spiritual than it has ever been before. 
Yes, many people may have given up on the church, but that echo inside them is there nonetheless. And where the church has gotten off track is we've begun to, to focus on people and politics and personal opinions. And they've all gotten in the way of what people really need, and that is a personal relationship with Jesus. So if you're here and you're a believer, then don't preach your politics. Preach Jesus. Don't preach your personal opinion. Preach Jesus. Don't preach your pet peeves. Preach Jesus. Because just like the woman at the well, people are thirsty, but they don't know what for. And we can't let all of the extracurriculars get in the way of the fact that everyone in this county needs to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Because Jesus is that ache, that, that answer to that ache to connect deeper with the something we cannot see. See, the world would like to convince you that they're past all that spirituality. They'd like to convince you that science and spirituality are at war and they have to choose one, so they're going to choose science and they don't need that other thing. But in the end, when they lay their head on their pillow at night, and those thoughts begin to creep in, am I worth anything? Why am I here? This is all just an accident. I have no value. There is no purpose. And they realize that life is terrible like that. It's morbid. There must be more. There's got to be more to it than this. See, we have to be ready to give those answers. We have to be ready to say, there is more. His name is Jesus. Let me tell you what he did for you. And that's why tonight we're having this uh, opportunity with CBC Nights called Sharing Jesus Without Freaking Out. Why? Because people need this answer to that question. What is all of this? Why do I need to connect with something else? Why do I feel like there's a hole inside me that cannot be filled no matter how many promotions I get, no matter how many new cars or uh, uh, new girlfriends? Why can't I be satisfied? Because they're missing. They're missing the thing that they were made for. You were made to glorify God. With your life. If you could imagine, we personify a saxophone, right? You see cartoons sometimes where they do that. I, mean, I can imagine a saxophone wants to be played, wants to be used, wants to make beautiful music. And that's what we are made for. We have a purpose. You were made to live, to glorify God. And if you don't do that, there will be emptiness, and there will be pain, and there will be sorrow. And yeah, you'll be able to ignore it for a while. But in the end, when all is said and done, and you look back on your life, you'll wonder if you really had any true friends, if that person that you loved really loved you back, and if that company that you worked for for 45 years, if they really even value, valued you.
And really what you're looking for is that connection with God. Because he's the only one that can fill that hole inside you. This world is still, still very much concerned with the question of spirituality. And we have the answer. And that's the question is, will you keep it to yourself? Will you keep it to yourself? Or will you distract people so much with all the other stuff in this world? With politics and sports and, you know, work conversations. There's a song that talks about, uh, talking about all the other things. Talking about the weather and talking about, uh, you know, life and never getting to the question. Do you know Jesus? The people still have this ache inside them for God. Are we ready to answer that question? Let your head bowed and every eye is closed. The band's going to come. This series is a little bit different of a series. Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to help you know why you have this relationship with God. Because it's deeper than, although the Bible is essential, it's deeper than just that. Although church is important, it's deep, deeper than just that. You were made for this. The desire inside you to know right and wrong and to fight for it, that is something God put in you. This desire inside of you that calls out to connect with something bigger than you, that is something God put in you. And if you're here and you're a believer, these are ways that you can start conversations with people that might start the conversation saying, I don't believe in God. every head bowed and eyes closed. God dealt with your heart this morning about anything. Altars open this morning. You come down and you lay it down at the cross. Maybe it's something totally unrelated. Maybe it's a health issue or a financial issue or a marriage issue or you have no someone in your life that needs that connection. Or maybe you're someone that's been stifling that connection between you and God. The Bible tells us that the voice of God is a still, small voice. And too often, it's so easy to ignore it, and it's easy to uh, be distracted by it. Maybe today, the thing that you need to decide is that you're going to connect with God every day. As they play quietly, you deal with God in prayer about what he dealt with your heart about.